0: Welcome back to the True Folk Podcast, episode six. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host through this week's conversation with New Jersey blues rock artist, Jules. We unpacked a couple of the realities we face as indie artists, whether it's building your brand, self-funding your projects, or getting bogged down by the isolation that comes with operating independently. Examining these issues is important for artists of any discipline, so I hope you get something out of the conversation I was very privileged to have with Jules. For the record,
1: who are you? What do you do and where are you from?
2: I am Jules and that's my stage name too. (laughs) I am a musician, solo musician, mainly like rock, indie rock, blues type stuff from Jersey. And I mainly play in New York City.
1: Nice. Something that's interesting to me to, I always ask is like your introduction to music. Like when were you first introduced to music?
2: Yeah. So I come from a very musical family. My sister plays violin. My mom played guitar. She sings and I was and she plays piano. And I was kind of forced to play piano when I was a kid and I'd have piano recitals and stuff. And then I kind of just grew out of that because I wasn't the biggest fan of piano. So I kind of just forgot all music theory and stuff. And then I got my first guitar when I was eight. And since then, like I was just writing like little songs. Like I think my first song was about a blue whale. (laughs) And then after a while, like I ended up just teaching myself. I had guitar lessons when I was in eighth grade. It didn't really last long. And then I had guitar lessons again, like end of high school, kind of. But I've pretty much been doing music my whole life. I've always been singing. Singing was always a thing for me. And I was into Broadway a lot as a kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember the first record you bought when you were a kid?
2: I've been thinking about that. I honestly feel like it might have been... I don't know if this is cliche or not. It might have been let go by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> um, I mean
1: that it fits with the yeah. time. Yeah. I, it's always interesting to me to see the the first record because it's always so like indicative of that right. period. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's I really like the play. like
2: it's early two thousands. Yeah.
1: Because like I remember is what was what was her big single? Was that on that record?
2: Yeah, I think like Skater Boy. Yeah, because I, I, rem- I remember boy. listening to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: it's it's just it's like a, a it's right? for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the first record I bought. I just remember like listening to it over and over again. And then I also had like a, one of those CD player things. Yeah, like the portable ones. The portable ones. Yeah. And I'd play that a lot, like on my way to camp. And I also played Lindsay Lohan of Rumors. You know, like, I'm tired of rumors starting. I'm sick of it.
1: I didn't even know she had a record, though. She makes had sense, a record.
2: Though. It was like one of those, like, we made you. Kind of records, like, like a oh, compulsory you're yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I was like so into it at the time <laughs> for whatever reason. But I, I would just like blast it, like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> whatever. So, <laughs>
1: something I've been thinking about lately, just in general about I don't know, being a creative, is definitions of success and just like self-appointed trajectory. What does like a successful career as an indie musician in like 2018 look like to you?
2: I feel like we're so much into the DIY scene right now. I feel like that's the majority of what musicians. Are in because I mean, I'm guessing we'll get to this later, but like, I feel like you don't really need a label necessarily and that kind of stuff. And for me specifically, I feel like success. It's so has to do with, you know, releasing as much music as you can and having people listen to it and getting shows and just being able to do what you love. Because honestly, like if this was any earlier in the in life, <laughs> you know, it would be so much harder to even release music and everything. And success is just so hard to define for music and musicians right now, I feel like. But yeah, I guess for me it's just being able to release as much music as you possibly can and playing shows and just having people appreciate your music and want. To to listen to it which I'm slowly hopefully getting to <laughs> yeah.
1: well yeah because that's something we talk about a lot is like the yeah. accessibility of the tools yeah. because like you said at any other time in recorded music history this wouldn't be happening like right. this interface that we're right. recording on right now like is affordable and you can yeah. do it in a living room and you couldn't do it before. So yeah, so has like the accessibility of the tools kind of like informed your, I don't know, kind of outlook on just a career in general?
2: Yeah, it made it seem it was it's definitely been more accessible because I've always just been like, I've always thought that in order to do music, you'd have to get a manager and all that stuff. And that's how I felt for the longest time. And I always thought labels were so important. And then my senior year of college, which is when I started the Jules project, I kind of realized that you could just you know record some music on GarageBand and release it, it just doesn't matter because we all have so much, we all have the programs and the tools and stuff. And like, I feel like so many people can just mix their own music and whatever. And it just made it that more inspiring for me to actually finally do what I love to do, which is music. And I think the accessibility of it all has definitely inspired me to just keep going and just promote my own stuff and control my social media. And it just be like very very DIY. (laughs) But I feel like that's just like most the bulk of musicians these days. Yeah. Um, If you're not like famous rihanna or whatever yeah Yeah.
1: well because like something danny caro said in an earlier session is that we wouldn't have as much good music if there were like still these gatekeeping barriers to putting out music and recording because having the open outlet for pretty much anyone who wants to in an artistic discipline i guess can only be good for that discipline So it's really like because especially because you you went to purchase for visual arts. So the fact that you can cross into multiple disciplines and have it be viable and do both is I think it's really indicative of how progressive times are in, in terms of just creative output. And especially because in the past. The definitions of success were so because the, I don't know, the distribution was so rigid because it's like we didn't have the Internet. Yeah. like You listen to the radio or you bought a record.
2: Exactly. So
1: the fact that any artist can kind of put themselves out there and put their voice out there, I, I don't exactly. know, it's, it's very encouraging to me. So I'm, I'm excited to see artists taking advantage of the tools we have.
2: I agree. I, I see it everywhere. Everybody I know is just like, yeah, I, I'm working on a record. And it really could just mean either they're in a studio or they're just in their basement. And I think that's awesome. And they, they could just burn a CD and just give them out at shows.
1: Especially because since the crash of like 2008, when, I don't know, the landscape just kind of dropped out and the middle class just kind of got wiped away right. in terms of the music industry, at least. Yeah. And so having that kind of community where people can just share things, I think is also really important to the health of DIY in general.
2: Definitely. Yeah.
1: Because there is such like a an overload of people flooding into the internet, how do you think that musicians... Could or should adapt themselves to be more compelling for listeners.
2: That's the other thing. I've been reading a lot, and this is something I've been working on. I feel like image is so important, and I hate saying that. I've just noticed that, even like with myself, I've gotten into a lot of musicians from what their Instagram profile is. And I know that sounds so ridiculous and awful. It's like, what about the music? And the music's so important. But because we're all so into just like instant images and all that stuff, we're not going to listen to the music first. We're going to look at who the person is. And unfortunately, that's what I think we all have to kind of work on is just like our... If you're really serious, I feel like you have to work on your aesthetic and you know, all that stuff. And I hate saying that Mm -hmm. and it's not something that I'm proud of saying, but from what I'm reading, it seems that's what's been really important. It's just like making a name for yourself and kind of like the way in the way you dress, the way you carry yourself in interviews or anywhere on stage. I feel like that all really matters especially now, because we all have to create ourselves like no one else is There isn't a record company creating us like we are creating ourselves. And it's kind of hard to because they kind of know mostly what the people want. And we kind of have to figure out over time what people would definitely be into. And I guess we figure that out through social media and the way people interact with us on social media. So it's I feel like that's how we can actually compete yeah. <laughs> and make it honestly. Totally.
1: Yeah. Do you, do you think that because people are so used to self curating their media input that we're so in tune with aesthetics and it's such like a deciding factor now.
2: Yeah, it really is. Like I said, like there's just so many bands that I've gotten into because I was into their aesthetic. And now I don't even care about their aesthetic. Like I just, I love their music. But I just know like that's what attracted me to them at first. But for the most part, like when, t- when it comes to purchase bands and stuff, I they're either friends of mine or I've heard about them. But a lot of bands I've also just heard about and I wanted to play, but like really small musicians and bands that not a lot of other people People know i've found out through looking at their you know instagrams and social media and stuff and the way that other bands would talk about them that not a lot of people know so yeah i feel like aesthetic and the way you present yourself is very important
1: and there will be folks who will kind of lament the oh aesthetics what but like you said what about the music but yeah. i think that's it's not that outlandish because yeah. back in the day you would go to the record shop and you would flip through album art Right. And yeah. like I, you could put it on and listen to it, but that's still like a time investment. And you would look at stuff that caught your eye in the right in the rack. So exactly. Now, just having your aesthetic on point in a way where the semiotics of your look is indicative of yeah. the way you're going to sound so that somebody can look like if they're harmonious that way, then someone could like theoretically look at your a brand. Yeah. and think, oh, this is something that I can tell I'm going to be into because I like this imagery or the yeah. the color scheme associated with it. So it's a way to quickly discern something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, And it's a way to get in tune with yourself and just like how you present yourself and just embrace the semiotics exactly. of what you're doing.
2: Exactly. It actually also helps with, it's helped a little bit with my confidence also. I'm still trying to figure it out, but just kind of putting myself out there and like thinking of ways that like, oh, what am I going to wear to my next show yeah. and all that stuff.
1: Does it kind of help with like some self-exploration?
2: Yeah, it really does because otherwise I'd be wearing like baggy clothing all the time and it kind of helps me get out of the house and like have a reason to like put on makeup and kind of you know look more appealing (laughs)
1: well you can you can get into like the artist character yeah it's a character
2: I remember my guitarist we played a show Matt Garcia's, like in the Capitol Theater. And there was this one performer before us who had like pink hair and she was, she just carried herself in such a like outgoing way. And my friend, the guitarist, was just like, you need to create the performer jewels, like separate from your personal self. And you need to create that brand. And, you know, like she probably isn't shit. Like she's, she has pink hair or whatever. Like, how many girls have you seen with pink hair who perform? I know I'm a big asshole. But <laughs> that's what he said. And, um, it was just kind of like you need to create, you know, jewels and so people see like a character and less of just like a real person all the time, because I feel like that might, I don't know, it might not be as appealing to people, which is sad, but not all the time like are people into realness. They want to see like a character who just kind of carries themselves in such a, you know, confident way. And I'm not that much of a confident person, but when I'm being someone else on stage, it definitely makes me feel more confident because I'm not necessarily being like my full self but also being myself i don't know it's so weird being a performer you have to be in character it's bizarre
1: (laughs) yeah and especially because with anything that's like person-to-person interaction people will always be attracted to the thing that's like larger than life or just has something about it exactly and it's you say that because like the artist versus self dichotomy is some it's something that like everyone struggles with like the performer versus like who you are and some people try to like as closely marry the two as possible and be their core selves at all times Some people go the other way and dive into the character as much as possible. Like someone like Father John Misty is a completely made up character. But then, uh, like Sun Kill Moon, he's like, I feel like that's how he talks to people, his songs. Like that's it all the time. Yeah. So, and even how you present yourself that way is indicative of your, like, I feel like all action is self revealing. So, even your performer self, it's still you. I don't think it's disingenuous. And that's something like, even, even me, like, right now, is this me or is this podcast Matt?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: But they're both me.
2: But they're both you. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. It's something like, am I being genuine? But it's all you. And it's just embracing you. every aspect of yourself. It's Right. I don't, it's interesting. But something else I've been thinking about lately is, is it a reasonable expectation, especially when these tools are so accessible and creativity isn't like a privileged thing anymore? Is it reasonable to expect to make a living solely off creative output?
2: Uh. <laughs> I actually had a long discussion about this with my parents yesterday because I'm thinking of moving to L.A. by the end of the summer, and it's mainly, you know, like out of a sense of, you know, having a dream of making it in L.A. I feel like DIY musicians, if you're not selling out auditoriums, I don't know if you could really make a great living off of creativity, I feel like you need to find a way to be creative for a company and for, and, that, and less for yourself, which is. Awful. (laughs) I've been under the impression for a while that like all musicians, you know, they make money because they could play shows and sell records. But once I started actually doing it, I realized that you don't really make that much money. At least I don't right now.
1: (laughs) There's like a threshold. It's yeah.
2: And I also I work full-time and do music on the side, I guess. So right now I'm really focusing on like my source of income being from the full-time job that I do. And when I listen to interviews of like more famous Um, I guess, DIY musicians, they claim that they don't really make that much money either and that they have jobs that aren't in music, you know? So I feel like if you're not Beyonce or like even, I feel like Mitski might be doing pretty well for herself. Yeah. I don't know. Because if you're not selling at auditoriums, I don't know where the money is necessarily coming because you also have to pay for a tour. You have to pay for, you know, where you're going to stay and you have to pay to make records and be in the studio and all that. So it like things cost money. And I kind of didn't realize that. I was like, no, I'll make money from... Playing shows and, you know, releasing records. But I think most of that money plus the money that I, I get from working full time pays for, you know, making records and doing all that. So it's so hard to say if you could actually make money doing this. It's more of I feel like it really is mostly just because you want to do it yeah. than it is like I'm gonna make a living off of this. I mean, you can make a living, but it wouldn't be the most, you know, like fancy yeah. lifestyle.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like we like we were talking about the the Mitski talk. One thing she said is that after school, she was saying, like, you have a job that you live off of and then you do music. And apparently it's just like kicking a brick wall over and over again until you finally break through. And then maybe then you can make a living off of music. It was funny how at commencement, all the speakers who were creatives were like, yeah, you're going to have a day job. It's going to happen. Uh, don't feel bad about it, though. And the, the other thing I was thinking about with, like, with the success thing is, I don't know, some folks might feel it's like, oh, I'm a failure as an artist. I have a day job like I'm not making money off my art. But I feel like the old rules and uh, expectations don't apply anymore. the other thing that I was thinking about is how the songs have never been more necessary. You know, we all need to put music out, but none of us, we're not making money from the music though. So kickstarting that is hard. So like since you've graduated, how have you been dealing with the fact that you need to put out music, but it's expensive to put out music?
2: Yeah, it's hard. It definitely pushes me in a positive way to want to work on projects and write new music and release it. And it definitely helps with working on your own creativity and yourself as a songwriter um, which is a positive aspect of it but also you know you release something and you're like maybe this will be it maybe this will be the thing that starts breaking that brick wall but it's not and then you have to release something else until you finally get that music that that people you know pay attention to and that blogs catch on to and radios catch on to and I haven't reached that point yet but I hope to. Soon, And I think if you do have, I feel the majority of us have MacBooks and whatever. And if you have GarageBand on that MacBook, I encourage artists to just record on GarageBand and master and, and, and not really master, but mix their own, you know, music and release it on SoundCloud or whatever, Bandcamp even. Because if you can't afford to go to a studio, we have the the tools here and in in our own houses, you know, so it should encourage people to want to release their own music in that way, especially in a time when you need to keep releasing music and have music to even land gigs to, you know, do whatever. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a weird time.
1: Some old school people will kind of get mad at like people because we've grown up with this stuff. So they'll get mad because it's like um, I heard a professor once he was talking about one of his students who was like, oh, I couldn't do this project. And he was like, what do you mean you couldn't do it? You have a phone. Yeah. You have a laptop. You could have done it. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's just, I guess, not being precious about it and just like getting it done for your own art's sake.
2: Exactly, like GarageBand, Logic, they all have like built-in drums that you could use, which I did for my first demo thing when I first released music. You could figure out many ways to make your music sound more legit than just like a recording you made in your basement. You know, a lot of the times, like I record so many ideas on my phone, on my voice memos, and I've heard of a lot of bands, DIY bands, who actually do record their own music and release their own music from recordings from their phone. And you have GarageBand on your phone too. You know, you have like all these tools, and I think that you should you them because they're there for us to to use
1: and it's awesome and something i've noticed is because someone could sit down and be like oh but these drums sound terrible and they don't sound like real ones but yeah. something i've noticed is bands who like they do percussion that is stylized to what like the vibe that they have going like if you can't do realistic sounding drums that sound like bands that you listen to then make it weird and just like make the percussion weird in that way just like get creative about it like right. it's a puzzle
2: Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
1: So going forward, now that we all have these tools, how can we foster sustainable, I guess, social media output and presence?
2: I have realized that you need good photography, good, you need good content. (laughs) You know, reach out, You especially if you go to a place like Purchase or, you know, any art school, reach out to your fellow artists and have them take press photos of you and interview you <laughs> and write stuff about, you know, things that you could talk about and brag about yourself, you know, not even brag about, but just just show that you you're have doing stuff. you're doing stuff. Yeah. And I've noticed even though I like I am busy because I work full time and I do music, I've had people like tell people by um, that I'm close with like, oh, Julia's been keeping really busy with music and stuff. And it's true, but also I feel like social media can definitely make it seem like you're doing more than you are. And to show people that you're hustling and that you have all these like nice photos and stuff of yourself, it helps unless you have a specific aesthetic in mind where it's more like, you know, lo-fi, whatever. And things just look very, very DIY, and and that's fine. Like, there's a lot of bands and musicians who just take pictures on their phone and just edit them and whatever. And it just makes a cool, like, makes their brand. (laughs) And I don't know. I've noticed, because I've had, like, photographers reach out to me. They just want to, like, take pictures, and it definitely helps up your importance a little to have, like, good press photos and everything to just collect on your social media
1: so essentially, just put out content, do whatever you want. But yeah. if you have trouble, reach out to your community.
2: Exactly. I've worked with so many people who are just my friends. Like I, I have friends in film, I have friends in photography. Also, one of my friends just shot a music video recently of me. And I have another friend who's in film who wants to shoot a music video. Like you could, especially if like, if you go to art school, which you probably did if you're doing music, but not necessarily, but a lot of the time you did. Just reach out to your fellow creators and work on something cool with yeah.
1: them. I saw an article that said, said DIY doesn't mean do it alone.
2: Yeah, so. exactly. You don't have to do it alone. Like sometimes you do do it alone and that's really fun. And that's something I've been trying to make myself feel better about because I also do photography and do art. So I like do a lot. Like I go to a location and I bring my camera on my tripod and I'm like, okay, like self timer <laughs> and take a picture just to upload and be like, I have a show on Friday at this place. And look at, look at me. <laughs> and then I also made my own album artwork, but it gets really tiring and you kind of get bored of yourself sometimes. <laughs> and you want, you know, but then you realize that you, yeah, you have these other creators that you could reach out to and these other artists and they could do these things with you and create something magical with you. And it definitely helps you get more excited about your own stuff rather than just always doing something on your own. Like, And that's something else I want to start doing is collabing with other artists to create something and getting more input from other artists when I release music because I can't strictly rely on everything that comes out of my mind because I think the best art is, you know, people work on together and i think that's what makes it the most magical and worth listening to
1: yeah and i think being holistic this way as an artist like being able to do anything it's pretty unique to this area and it's pretty yeah. cool but the other thing is all those magic records that we laud from the 60s 70s like the, the past era they had yeah. teams of people behind them exactly so yeah. maybe that's the way to get your music to just like next level it and have it stand out is to just get other people to work on it with you
2: yeah definitely that's something i only just started realizing because i've been like no i have to do it all myself and if i don't you know succeed doing it all myself then like what is my worth but that's not true because a lot of artists didn't really gain their recognition until they started working with other artists and creating something that was completely out of their comfort zone and that's something i need to do is get out of my comfort zone we all should or else you're not going to create anything new and exciting yeah
1: i think that's really important don't be afraid to venture outside your bedroom now what are you working on lately
2: well i just finished a music video that i worked on myself (laughs) I had my sister like help with cinematography and my dog was in it. And I recently recorded a song with that music video that I'm releasing way beginning of June. So in a few weeks, and I'm also going to be in the studio this upcoming weekend. I'm actually working with a drummer who toured with Mitski, which is cool. So I'm excited to hear from a musician who's at a higher level than I am and can give some input on my songs and see where that can go because I'm so used to just being, I don't know, doing things on my own.
1: Yeah. Now, where can folks keep up with you on these exploits?
2: Probably Instagram. I upload a lot on Instagram or try to. I mean, I also just love social media, but I try to keep my Instagram like updated as possible. I'd say there. And then I'm also like on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, like all that stuff stuff so like you'll be able to find music there too
0: thank you very much to Jules for coming on and sharing your thoughts and experiences with us i think they give a good perspective on just what trying to make it as an indie artist today really looks like you can find links in the show notes to stay updated on all future releases from Jules, including the latest single new connection which is out as of the posting of today's episode if you'd like to stay updated on future episodes, you can follow us on SoundCloud or visit us at truefolktv.com podcast. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time on the True Folk Podcast.